Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is actor Kirk Acevedo. I love Kirk. It's been a while. We're going to have a lot to talk about, but before we get into it. The Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup, and don't forget... You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Kirk Acevedo. Welcome back to the show, Kirk. I'm glad to, glad to have me again. And well, is, uh, <laughs> I love doing this. It's so much fun. Well, I love you, and I love your wife, and I love your whole family, and I told you that the other day in a private email. I just do. I think you guys are so amazing, and Kirsten is clearly like the sweetest person that's ever walked the face of the earth. And I'm going to be asking you about your daughter. And yeah. I just, I think you guys are really awesome. So I just, I, I want to say that. Oh, and and I'm not just kissing your ass. I, I genuinely mean that. So sweet. Sweet. You should, see, you should see that woman when she's alone with me. She like hits me with all She's very nice every time. I know she puts up those selfies of you that you don't give permission. Yeah. No, she, she does it a lot. A lot. But we all love her for it. <laughs> so what have you been up to? What you've been doing? How's your career going? What's going on? Uh, you know, just uh, auditioning and, and writing. And uh, uh, I'm going to start uh, taking some uh, uh, directing courses at wow. AFI. Cool. In, in, in a few. And, uh, yeah, just uh, just pounding the pavement and... Uh, Know, some things in the irons in the fire, but right. no, nothing that's uh, nothing that I could say right now. Well, what's you know, I've seen you posting some of your auditions, and yeah. you hate doing that. I mean, I used to be an actor, so Despise I can it. totally get it. But why do you hate it? Uh, okay, I'll tell you why. You know, this is such a nuanced answer, and there'll be some people who will roll their eyes. <laughs> the ones that roll their eyes are the ones that who have no clue, no experience, right. and who don't work. <laughs> so, I'll put that out there. The reason why I don't, okay, so five years before the pandemic, I, I, everything was offered. Uh-huh, right. And I was, it, was, it was a blessing. Yeah. I was very fortunate. And, you know, I put in the work. I've been doing this for 20 years yeah. at the highest level. And so once the pandemic hit, there was less opportunities. Yeah. So that made that made it harder to get jobs for all actors yeah. of all levels. Now, you could put me in the category of this, of a, I'm a blue-collar actor. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know who I am. You might not know my name. Right. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's mm-hmm. like literally, I've seen you. Yeah. I, I can't, right? But you know who I am. Whereas I'm not like, Tom Cruise, right. or, you know what I mean? Or, or Paul Giamatti mm-hmm. is like, you know, under Tom Cruise, like there's levels, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean you're a B-level actor. You have A-level stuff. Right. You do. So it is it, 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 different levels. Yeah. So the problem is when there was less material, less product, A-list actors needed jobs too because they weren't doing right. hardly any films. Yeah. So, where do they work? In television. So they'll do three or four guest stars. They have A-list actors doing like HBO, you know, limited series runs, seven mm-hmm. series. Those are the jobs that were given to me prior mm-hmm. to this pandemic. So now you have A-list actors doing short run limited right, series yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Netflix, like huge stars. Yeah. You know, uh, Nicole Kidman, has done multiple short series. She's never did them before, before the pandemic. So they're taking work from us because they needed the work. They, right. they have bills to pay just like us. So now stuff that was being offered to me prior to the pandemic, I have to audition for. Wow. That's not even audition for. They want you to audition for 
one episode, which wow. I just I would refuse to because I've been offered series. Yeah. Without auditioning, wow. so why would I audition for? Because and, and you're setting yourself up for failure because they're just going to say no. Yeah. When you have better tape <laughs> than what they're asking for, yeah. they're like they want you to play a cop. I go okay. I have many different things where I play a cop, which is probably better because it's lit. Yeah. Has audio. I have makeup. It's lighting, sound, everything, different camera angles. Like, why would you? So it's frustrating for me and for other actors that have to, you know, have tape that's better than this audition. Wow. That you want me to put on tape. (laughs) So it's, it's very frustrating. And, uh, you know, it's just not going to look as, as, as good. Yeah. Sound as good. Right. And then like, and if people, people go, well, they want to hear their material. Guess what? Sometimes your sometimes your material is shit. Okay, now, I'm not going to say that. But no, no. But I'm not saying who's who's the shit. Exactly. Some, yeah. Sometimes some of the material is shit. Yeah, it's, of course it is. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to audition for a one-off. No, because I put you know this is thing. It's frustration. I already put in the work. Yeah. For the the years that I've been in it, and then another thing is. They want to be more inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. Hollywood. Hollywood's like, oh, we're inclusive. They're not. No, they're not. Okay? They're not. They're supposed to be liberal. They're, they are, but, but... But they're not, yeah. But they're not. So, for instance, okay, you want more Latinos, right? Yes. Because all, all the minorities are predominantly... Like, if they check off the box and they have an African-American and an Asian-American or any Asian, then, okay, those, those are our minorities. Right. They're working. They fulfilled, well, 20% yeah. of the right. country, as we know, mm-hmm. is the largest uh, minority group, the, lar- the second largest majority group. Yeah. Forget about minority. Right, be- right behind uh, Caucasian-Americans. So we is Latinos and we don't work. And it's so ridiculous because, I mean, looking at you, you could play pretty much anyone. You know, you could play a Latino guy. You could play a white guy. You could play an Italian guy. I mean, your range is all over the place with just your physical appearance. And oh, my God. You're bringing up one of the most frustrating things for me. (laughs) Because, Kim, this is a conversation I have with my my people all the time yeah and i go okay okay i'm gonna get in so much trouble i can't even <laughs> no no because i am I'm, i am and you know what i might say it off the record to you okay because i can't say it on the record because i'm gonna get shit for it <laughs> but, but but i'll try to beat around the bush and people right. can use their imagination right okay so i look more italian and I look more Jewish mm-hmm. than I do Latino. Right. Now, yes. as Latinos, we know we could look like anything. Mm-hmm. I could look like Mexican from Mexico City. Mm-hmm. I could look Argentinian. Yeah. I could look Puerto Rican, but I look least of all Puerto Rican than any <laughs> of the other Latin cultures, but I'm Puerto Rican in full. Right. <laughs> Why can't I play Italian? Exactly. Al Pacino played yes. two Puerto Rican. Totally. Puerto, Puerto Rican and a Cuban. Yes. Why can't I play Italian? Yeah. Uh, Robert De Niro on on Broadway played Cuba and a teddy bear played mm-hmm. a Cuban. Mm-hmm. Why can't I play? I mean, I'm, so I'm just using that as an example. Now I've never had issues playing that. I'm just using that as an example. Mm-hmm. We've become so so woke <laughs> to our detriment. Mm-hmm. So what about? Just acting. Exactly. I, why can't we just act? I understand. Uh, you can't play a black guy. Right. That's understandable. That's yeah. understandable. Yeah. You can't because you would have to be in blackface. Right. That is understandable. Yeah. Anytime you're going to do anything in blackface, it is a no no. Mm-hmm. Okay. But 
it's for instance like why can't i play a gay man yeah exactly exactly i mean sean penn did it why why why, i mean i mean i mean gay men play straight men right throughout time Mm -hmm. it's called acting it's called acting you can't we pain is pain Mm -hmm. being being uh uh what um so what i'm looking for uh being uh ostracized in society and hated on society that's universal mm-hmm. i mean obviously some people have it worse than others of course yeah. i mean no one worse than black americans right the last 400 years yeah. of course or the lgbtq of course mm-hmm. but you don't have to be something to place something right. <laughs> it's called acting <laughs> And I laugh, but you're, I mean, you're 100% correct. And, I am 100% yeah. <laughs> correct. And everyone, and yes, there's a lot of nuance within all this. Yes. yes. These are broad strokes, people. We're listening. Like, I'm taking broad strokes. Mm-hmm. I could get more nuance, but just this topic alone would be three hours. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. it would. Yeah. And it's funny because right before, uh, you know, I called you to do the show, I was yeah. looking through, I had a few minutes to spare, so I saw this article, and it was just about the different extremes that actors will go to for certain roles, and, you yeah. know, all, there was three or four pictures of, like, for instance, you know, there was Mrs. Doubtfire, where Robin Williams played a woman, and there was, yeah. a, there was a role where Glenn Close played a man, and I can't remember, there was another female actress who played a man, and, yeah. you know, so it's, exactly, it's like, yes, we can, we can... If we're actors, that's the whole point of it. We're playing yeah. other people. Correct. <laughs> Why does but it have the, to but, fit into a specific category of who you play? And, and with okay, the exception who's of the, the guy from Breaking, this is a perfect example. Who's the guy from Breaking? To, to, to add nuance and context, who's the guy from Breaking Bad? The lead the guy? guy. Yes. Oh God, I can't think of his name. Brian. Brian oh, Cranston. Yeah, Brian Cranston. <laughs> Brian Cranston did the film with Kevin Hart, the comedy, where he was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. People were complaining wow. who are handicapped right. that why can't a handicapped person play that part? I will tell you why. If you could find a handicapped person as good as Brian Cranston, right. then guess what? They got the fucking job. <laughs> yeah. The problem is you cannot get the, you cannot get that film greenlit because no one knows who you are. Yeah. And that is how There's, Hollywood works. Yeah. Yes, there's levels to this. Mm-hmm. People want to see Brian Cranston. They don't want to see you. <laughs> no, 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 no. But that goes. That's not. I'm not insulting anyone. Right. Same goes for me. Yeah. They'd rather see Brad Pitt right. than my ass. <laughs> They'd rather see George Clooney than my ass. Now, mind you, I could bring up other people who I go. Well, no one knows who they are, <laughs> yeah. but they they still get the jobs over me. Yeah. But 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 there is to give some some context yeah. and some nuance to this that you just can't like fill in the hole, fill in the gods. Yeah. Like you got to bring something to the table. Like, hey, are you talented? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you have a name? Because that's part of the game. It's huge. It's a huge part of the game. It's a huge part. And I mean, I I was an actor that never made it. So I totally know how important that name is. Yeah. It's, it's you know, I mean, and I, I didn't have one. So nobody ever sent. The thing is, the reason I know it's so good, I had, it was funny. I had in, I was in an acting class and we called it the professional level. So we would do scenes for actors and casting directors so that they were introduced to us. And, you know, they love to say, oh, we remember everybody. If you're good, we remember you. Lie. Anyway, so um, there yeah. there was this agent, and it was funny because I was doing actually a scene with my mother. And my mother played my mother in the scene, but she played like a mentally ill person. And I was like her put-upon daughter who had to take care of her. So when I showed up to class, I knew the agent was going to be there. So I wore my yeah. I wore sexy clothes to show, look, look, I'm the tall, sexy blonde. I can I can pull sure. this off. 
And then for the scene, I dressed down. I was kind of dowdy, and, and I wanted to show that I had a little bit of range. And it worked because she, she told me, she's like, A, I want to represent you. And she said, when I first saw you come in the class, I thought, oh, here's another one. Here's another tall blonde. And she said, yeah. but, but you really proved yourself. And so, okay, great. That's wonderful. So she becomes my agent. And I go and I get thousands of dollars of pictures done to, you know, please her and what she wants. Sure. And they all fucking sit on a shelf and they never go out. None of the pictures went out because I did not have a resume. I was not recognizable. And I went into yeah. her one time and I was like, look, put me up for independent films. So she goes, hold on. And she gets on the phone and she calls up whoever it was. And I had an in, uh, an audition the following day for a film and the funny thing was this was a whole story behind it but do you remember yeah. a, uh, a casting director she was a commercial casting director her name was Shancy Pierce I do not well she was a fucking hard ass and I I no. auditioned no, I had, <laughs> yeah well she was like extra hard ass and I yeah. met her I was terrible at commercial auditions I sucked ass and it was a commercial class that we were taking and it was like yeah. on a Saturday morning and the night before this fucking class I got to go to Woody Harrelson's birthday party in Malibu and it was like the best party in the whole world and nice. my, my mother's the one who got invited from because she was obviously also an actor her friend was in White Men Don't Jump, so they got into the party, and we had to leave the party early because we had a fucking commercial class the next day, which is I didn't care about the commercial class. I wanted to oh, stay at the party. I, I, I would have I scooted out, and I, I would have like, no, nah, I'm not going. I'm not here. I'm not. Oh, but I had to go, and I was so bad, and Shancy, Shancy Pierce was a teacher. So the casting director teacher. So I made absolutely no impression on her. But it was funny yeah. because my, my – so my agent gets me the audition. And it wasn't just an audition. It was – I can't remember what it was called. I was a reader. So that meant that I sat there all day while all – I read for the lead woman. But all the men who were reading for the lead were coming in. And I was just there all day reading with them. And yeah. I impressed the hell out of Shancy. She was like, oh, my God, who are you? Where have you been? How come I've never seen you? You're so talented. The camera loves you. And she was going on and on and on. And, you know, it just showed. And if, what wound up happening, and this is a sad story, she got breast cancer, like, right after that audition. Oh, God. And the movie never got made. But oh, wow. what, what that experience, though, for me personally, was like, look, I can do this shit if you put yeah. me in front of people. But it's like I didn't have a name, so I just didn't get in front of people, and that's was yeah. basically that's was. And so even though you do have a name, you, like you said, you're the blue collar actor who still has to unfortunately show some people what you got going on. And if you don't have that name, it really fucking is hard. So I'm just backing yeah. you up there. <laughs> you know, the, the more the, you know, what bothers me more than anything for for me, and this is this is a personal thing with me you know, other actors might feel different is uh, like you've seen like those Pennywise auditions I did, right? Yes. Okay. So I, I almost got that job and I had to fight to get that audition. Yeah. My manager had to fight to get that audition because you're only good at, you're only as good as the last thing you did. Yeah, and so if they don't see that you could do it, they don't know uh -huh. that you could do it. Yeah. So I didn't get the audition. I had to put my myself on tape first hmm. for the casting to approve it. Wow. Now I, I've been I've been in everything. I know. <laughs> and then then she saw it. She flipped out and saw it to everybody flipped out and basically came in second place. Uh -huh. But my point is. If you look at that tape, one is, you know, the, the typical caricature of Pennywise. Yeah. And the other one was a different version that was cut out of both movies. When you see Pennywise in the 1400s and, you know, using an English standard accent, mm -hmm. if you just take those two things, I could, because dialects is what I do. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's what I do. I'm a character actor, mm -hmm. but I never play character stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm always the, the, the blue collar New York cop. I'm yeah. always the criminal. Mm -hmm. And then they're always like, you know, it's just frustrating because 
there's a lot of actors who could do more who are never given the opportunity. Yes. So people just think, oh, I'm that guy on Arrow. That's mm-hmm. just what I do. That's the only thing I could do. And I love playing that part and have a lot of fun playing that part. But I could do others. Yeah, you can do more. And, you know, people don't realize how... The, the, the people who run Hollywood, casting directors in particular, but producers too, it seems like they're, they're the most closed-minded, the least imaginative, the least creative people. I don't know how many documentaries I've seen about whether it's a film. You know, there, there's, a, there's a show on called Movies That Made Us. And it just, you know, it just goes over how the film got made and all that. So many times, like the best part of the movie, the producers want to cut out. Or, yeah. you know, because, for whatever reason, they're afraid, uh, whatever. And, and it's like the, the part of the movie that got the most attention and the people mo- love the most. And the same yeah. with actors. It's like they always tell you they remember you. They don't remember you. They have absolutely no creativity. I had this one casting director say, if you, if you give me a 8 by 10 and you have a little piece of hair blowing, you better come into that audition with that little piece of hair blowing. It's like, What? What? You're in a creative field. You're supposed to imagine shit. How can... Oh, my God. (laughs) And I can't say that I miss it, but, you know, I I do want to ask you, um, I don't remember the name of the school, so pardon me, but I heard that your daughter got into a school in England, so I want to hear a little bit about that. I just want to hear about what your thoughts are with her entering both you and your wife are actors, and now your daughter wants to be an actor, so tell us about that. Yeah, she got accepted to the RADA summer program, and she's probably the only American wow. that, that, that got accepted. Yeah, it's very limited classes, and she's too young to to get to the BA program because she's still seventeen. Mm-hmm. You have to be eighteen. Mm. So, but but it'll be like a a little precursor, a little uh, you know, a, a little pre semester. Right, um, before, right. and then she'll audition for uh, the BA program. But she had to audition for the mm-hmm. summer program too. So uh, hmm. and we got a little uh, signed letter back from the Queen and hmm. Kenneth Branagh. So cool. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was pretty. It was very cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for. I mean, she has a, a leg up that that yeah. that I did not have, mm-hmm. and she, it's the way she looks. Which helps, yes. You know, Very so uh, you know, God bless my wife's uh, DNA, and uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're very happy for her, and uh, she's excited to go. Now, as a father, as a parent, specifically, you know, your daughter's getting into an industry where I mean, obviously, you're in it, you're familiar with it. It's got its ups, it's got its downs. You know the sexism in the industry, how, you know, how are you feeling about that? And how are you preparing her for that? Well, she has a great left hook. So <laughs> that, that'll help her for uh, some of the sexism right. or, 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 or sexual harassment. I yeah. should say. But, uh, you know, listen, there's just so many problems that, just like forget about what women have to go through Mm -hmm. i mean it's 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 horrendous enough (laughs) i mean you know for most women like 35 it's a wrap yeah it's a wrap yeah a lot of women actresses will say like well that's not true well that's because you're the few that are working right like the desperate housewives crew Mm -hmm. they were the few that were with five women that were in their 40s that were working. Yeah. It was rare. It was rare. Totally rare, yeah. So, you know, uh, women being objectified, Mm -hmm. you know, they they can't be smart and solve the crimes and the heroes. And thankfully, that has, a lot of that has changed with the Marvel, Mm -hmm. you know, women being able to be superheroes and save the Mm -hmm. world and, Mm you know, Charlize Theron and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And so, but it's still a lot of work. It's, it's, yeah. it's, you know, if, if, if there's nine leads regulars on a TV show, two are women. 
Right. The other seven yeah. are men. Mm-hmm. Now, but there's one minority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And that minority is either black or Latino or Asian. Yeah. Because like, I've gone in rooms myself where when we used to go and test and you're in the room, there'll be two black guys, an Asian guy, and me. Wow. And I'd be the Latin quota. Right. Wow. So I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm auditioning at color. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm competing against. Yeah. Color. Wow. That's that's so how as nothing, has nothing to do with talent. No. It's the hardest thing. It's you know, I every year I speak to my alma mater, SUNY Purchase, the graduating class, and I try to give them a little insight into the business. And I I, I definitely rose rose colored glasses <laughs> for. Uh, for them mm-hmm. I don't really tell them how it really is <laughs> but how it really is is talent is secondary it is it's totally secondary sometimes it's more than secondary I mean you know it's funny because when I one of the first things that I ever did was I was hired to be a bit player on Mad yeah. About You and I was hired oh, nice. to, yeah, and it was a fun day. And the f- most fun part of that day is when I showed up on set. There was a there was a bunch of extras there, and one of the extras was a girl I was in eighth and ninth grade with. It was like so weird. But anyway, so when I got there, I'm trying to remember. I think I can't remember why I got that job, but somehow yeah. I got it. And I I uh, like I said, I was hired specifically because of my height, and I was supp- supposed to play like the niece or something like that. I don't know. But at, when I got there, they said, oh, you know what, uh, the producer, oh, no, that's what it was, the producer, the niece, the niece of the producer got the job that I was supposed to do. And oh, so, uh, yes, yeah. totally. And so while I was there, they're like, okay, well, you're just an extra now. So I was like demoted from bit wow. player to extra. But the funny part of that was, was that I got more airtime than she did. And I was, of course, unknown. And I, you know, I, but I was on camera long enough that people who knew me, like bank tellers and grocery store cashiers, they would, they recognized me. So that was kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, the moment I got on set, it was like, oh no, we're giving it to the to the relative so that, i mean that's how it works that's that and that's the way it goes that happened to me on oh god what was that film about the stockbrokers boiler room oh okay so i auditioned i'm doing oz at the time and they were like i auditioned for um what's his name's role uh, scotty Kahn's role mm-hmm. who was who was great in the part but uh and he goes got a better part for you. It's a great monologue. It's a two-page monologue of you on the phone, blah, blah, They're all great. I go, and there's three other guys there. There's three of us. And they split the monologue. Oh, my God. So between weird. the three of us, I was so livid. Yeah. Because I would have never done the fucking job. Yeah. Like, I would have never done that fucking job. Wow. But in this way... Put it this way, when I was first starting out, I wouldn't have auditioned for that if that was what it, you know, what it entailed. So that, that happened to me too. Wow. So it was very frustrating. And I don't know how I was professional. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, if you know my temperament, kid, I don't know how I held it together. And the people that know me are going, I don't know how you <laughs> You kept that knife in the pocket. <laughs> My wife is dying laughing like, I have no idea how you held it together. And that's the thing, and that's the thing, right? Like, like you, everyone's afraid to stand up for themselves. Yeah. Especially in this business. Mm-hmm. Because you got blackballed. Yeah. It's cutthroat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you got blackballed, and you can't even prove it. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? So, but... You know what's that saying? I'd rather, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. Right. It's just, yeah. I just, I, I just, I, I can't, I, I just can't be that, that person that's just gonna suck it up. And what I, I can suck it up if everybody else is sucking it up. Right. 
but it's just but I'm you. not going to yeah. be the only one. <laughs> not going to be the only one. Well, I have a whole bunch more questions for you, but first we have to take a quick break, and we'll be back after this message. Oh, hey, it's Kimberly, the host of the podcast you're listening to right now. Are you my patron on Patreon? If not, it's really easy to sign up. Just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do a patrons-only show after every free show, and I talk about whatever. It can get crazy in there. So again, just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out the tiers and become my patron today. Thank you. Okay, we are back. Um, Okay, so let's switch gears here a little bit. Um, I want to ask you, one of the things that came out last week the democratic national committee is launching a paid media campaign of radio and print advertisements in english and spanish and latino rich states the ads are part of a latino initiative so um i know the states are going to be texas florida nevada wisconsin georgia arizona north carolina michigan and pennsylvania i know you're aware of this jamie harrison uh posted it but this is going back to a conversation we had uh, a couple of months ago more than a couple of months ago, about the fact that Democrats don't do such a great job of reaching out to Latinos. So I wanted to get your opinion on this. Well, I mean, we had conversations about this uh, in in 2020. Mm -hmm. When did they start reaching out to Latinos in Florida? (laughs) Like five months before the election? Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Five months before the election? Right. Is that that reaching out? I think so. Or is that pandering? Well, it's not the pandering <laughs> to me, right? Like, I mean, it, it's so disingenuous. Yeah. Like, you're realizing Florida might be, and Florida is always, right? Like, it's always like a lot of times it feels like a, a deciding, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. uh, um, electoral votes, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a little too late, man. Like, you know, Everyone treats Latinos like we're, we're one monolith. Mm-hmm. We're exactly like Caucasians. Yeah, we're we're, we're just as complicated and nuanced, mm-hmm. educated, uneducated, mm-hmm. uh, religious, not religious, uh, different sects of of of, of uh, religion. Yeah, uh, uh, married, divorced. Uh, you know, so uh, I think this is a start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had conversations with. Uh, Jamie about this mm-hmm. and I've badgered him and, and so in his defense I. he has listened yes he does and, uh, and uh, you know so hopefully let's let's see if I could uh, go on some of these uh, um, to go to some of these states mm-hmm. with the initiative that's some conversations we've been having and oh, cool. uh, but I don't know we'll, 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 we'll see what happens yeah. uh, whatever I could do to help Latinos, I will. And, and, and I specifically said help my help Latinos and not help my party. Right. Because it shouldn't be... Part of me is we might need a third party to come into the mix just to maybe get the other two groups to fucking step up. Perhaps you know the one I mean? the one danger that I see in that though is you know maybe the president of the United States get like gets like nineteen percent of the vote, and that's that's the thing that kind of freaks me out about a third party. I mean, if there could be a viable third party, we'd have to get rid of the electoral college. But if there could be a viable third party um, that really did address all the things that we yeah. need, every, you know, obviously Republicans, you can't even count on them anymore. Um, but well, I, we're the but, only country that only has a two-party system. Yeah. Well, like, but but you like, know the fault. I think one of the biggest faults of the Democrats, outside of what you're talking about, as you know, coming in at the last hour almost with uh, this particular initiative. But David Pepper is an Ohio Democrat, and he has been doing all these whiteboards on Twitter. He's a wonderful follow if you don't follow him. But he wrote a book, and he I can't remember what it's called, but it talks about, oh, the, the name is escaping me, but it talks about how the Democrats have failed to go after state legislatures and state, like, local elections. The Koch oh, brothers, yeah, the Koch brothers have been putting money into this for years and years and years. Oh, and the tens Republic, of millions. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, the, the, and getting judges elected. Yes. And all of that stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, Trump, like, how many judges did they get more than any other yeah. president, right? Mm-hmm. 
like federal judges and all that yeah. stuff, right? Lots and lots of judges, and they do they they pay attention all year. Whereas Democrats tend to pay attention mostly in the general election. And if we right. had more attention, and, and, and the midterms, and the, lots, yeah, lots but it. it's only recent because you know what? I go back to twenty. Uh, 2010 and 2014, the the Democrats did a terrible job of outreach and getting people to the polls, especially in 2014, because that was an 80-year low for Democratic turnout. So, um, of course, all the Republicans showed up, but Democrats didn't for various reasons, whether they just thought, oh, well, we've got a black president. We don't have to do anything. There was that sect. Then there was also the people who were pissed off that they didn't get their pet little thing, whether it was, you know, Medicare for all or whatever it was, even though we got the ACA. They're pissed off because they didn't get exactly what they wanted and they want to punish the Democrats by basically giving us Mitch McConnell. Um, so, so yeah, uh, great for your punishment worked so well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the thing is, is I genuinely believe if, if Democrats, all voters would just show up to, we have elections every single year. Um, sometimes it's for governors. Sometimes it's just for local stuff. If, if you pay attention and vote in every election, I think the Democrats would feel more pressure from constituents because if you're not doing a good job, we're going to fucking vote you out. They don't have that fear. We don't show up to vote. That's the thing too, right? Like, like everyone, like we could blend the, the electoral college, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But only fifty percent of this country votes. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's, there's way more Democrats, registered Democrats, to vote than there are Republicans. Yeah. So it's every Democrat, mm-hmm. like even just let's just say, fifteen percent more. Yeah. The electoral college wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't be a factor. Mm-hmm. So you're right. But also, but let's also talk about the problems. Republicans go out and vote. Yes, they do. They they, they vote, and they stick together. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where Democrats are so <laughs> fractured. You see it like in a, on a microcosm of it mm-hmm. is on Twitter. Mm-hmm. A perfect yes, example, it is. Which we've had conversations about before. <laughs> we, like the infighting, mm-hmm. the infighting is and over the most petty shit. And listen, I'm a petty motherfucker. <laughs> but, I'm, I, but, when it, but when it comes to the infighting amongst like our group. Mm-hmm. I try not to. I try to be diplomatic. Yeah. Which I'm, I know you've seen some stuff. I'm like, guys, we got to work together. Mm-hmm. Like we 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 we're beating ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm the guy that's got a GED, grew up in the hood, like with fucking gunshots and getting stabbed. How wow. how is it that I understand this? Right. That we, that we need to, you know, put our personal differences aside. For the greater good. Yeah. How, how is it? I understand this, and and, and no one else. You got to keep the eye on the prize. And yeah. Keep the eye on the ball. It's so. I mean, I get that Democrats are. We have a much bigger tent. We have, you know, all kinds. We have more conservative Democrats. We have more progressive way more diverse, Democrats. Way more diverse. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's it's like it's it's understandable that we're going to have arguments within ourselves. But it's like when it's important, we need to pull our shit together so that we save the country. And that's what I want to ask you about next, because obviously we've got these midterms coming, and then now yeah. in front of us we've got. I mean, there's Roe v. Wade that is likely going to be struck down. There's one thing. And we've already seen what they're doing with the racist fear mongering with the CRT. And, yeah. and then, of course, gas and, in, and, and inflation and all that. But they're getting really fucking crazy now. They're talking about the, the fetuses that are aborted are being used. They're being burned to light up. Washington D.C. and Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's, it's like, oh my That's god! Hysterical. It's just insane. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying because Gavin Newsom wants to clean up wastewater to, and to make it drinking water, convert it into that. She's calling it poop water. And you know, I, I mean, the 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 image that that puts in your brain. The, the, the conversations that are going on, the narrative that's happening over on the right, it looks like they're unhinged and it really doesn't matter what they say to their base because their base will just go for it and buy it as long as they can own the libs, as long as they think they've got a one-up on us, they're happy. 
But my question to you is how do you think, okay, again, Roe is likely going to be struck down. If it's not struck down, it's gutted, um, which yeah. ultimately is the same. It's the same result. Um, you've got all of these, you know, incredibly, they're saying the quiet parts out loud even more now. They're not hiding their racism. They're not hiding their, it's not even sexism, it's misogyny. Do you think that all of this is going to help the Republicans or backfire on them in November? Well, it's what we talked about. Republicans stick together. Yeah. Most of them can't stand Marjorie Taylor Greene, but they're like, she's doing our dirty work. Yeah. Well, we may not like her, but we, we're, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this, that's the problem. I, I don't think it's going to hurt them at all. The only thing that's going to hurt them is Roe v. Wade, because over 70% of this country does not want Roe v. Wade overturned. Mm -hmm. So that's a big problem. That, to me, is what's going to hurt them. Let me ask you this. Do you have yeah. do you have any friends that consider themselves and I hate to say pro-life because they're not really pro-life. They're more, they're anti-choice. So do you have any friends or people that you know in your life that are anti-choice that would vote for Democrats on this issue? That are anti-abortion that would vote for Democrats? Is that what yeah, you well, said? Yeah, no, an, yeah, anti-choicers, yeah. So anti-abortion but in this case, oh, wait, wait, let me, no, let, let me go back. Let me go back. I said that wrong. So do you have any friends that normally vote Republican? Okay. Yeah. Um, they yeah. might even claim to be anti-abortion or anti-choice or whatever. But they're. No, but, but, I, I, I have no friends that are like that. I mean, my wife has family members right. that, that, that believe that, but still wouldn't vote Democrat. Interesting. Because I have one. It's a friend that I had a long time ago. I haven't seen her since I left Southern California, which was in 20, 2009. But she's a born again. She's an evangelical. And it's funny Ooh. because I normally am not they friends. they got to stop placating to evangelicals. They do, they just, 100%. That's, that's, that's the problem. There's a separation between church and state. Yes. Like, I mean, like, hello, what are we doing? I know. I don't and, understand. And, yeah, and Sherry and, Jacobus just said she wished people like Joe Biden – and any any pro-choice Democrat that wouldn't normally choose it, she's like, they need to stop saying, well, it's not something I would choose, but stop qualifying it. Just say yeah. you're pro-choice. It doesn't matter what your personal preference is. Just state your pro- But But my friend, who is a born-again Christian, now, in yeah. this particular case, I, I know she's voted Republican in the past. Um, I don't talk to her too much about voting, but back in the day, uh, I'd say 2000, it was while George Bush was president. You know, it was funny because I kept telling, you know, it's like George Bush is terrible. George Bush is terrible. And she's like, but he's cute. And she just meant cute like a teddy bear cute. And I'm like, that's no reason to fucking vote for anyone. And then eventually she realized, oh, yes, she actually said to me she thought he was uh, basically Satan, which I thought was funny. But so well, she got the majority of people vote for popularity and looks. Of that course they do. Of course they do. Yeah. But it was like during that time, her her daughter, who was probably about 2021, 20, was pregnant. And she recognized that if her daughter had that kid, she'd be the grandma. She already had four kids that were younger. And she told her daughter, you got to go get an abortion. So here's yeah. a here's a born again evangelical Christian not giving her daughter any choice and telling her she has to go get an abortion. And I know, wow. I, I don't know, you know, in the past how she's voted, but I know now yeah. because I messaged her and I said, hey, remember, I told you, I didn't say I told you so, but I just said, remember when I told you they were going to strike down Roe? And you were like, no, they're not. And she said, you know, yeah, and I'm really pissed off. And I know she's going to be voting blue. So I know she's voted yeah. for Republicans in the past, but this particular decision is yeah. going to cause, and she's a Latina. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting yeah. to me. Um, I wonder, I do think this Roe thing, and I, and I hope they strike it down just because that's going to be a loud slap across the face for all the sleeping non-voters out there. Oh, yep. my rights are being taken away now. And okay, but, but, but you know, it's not, to, not to, to, this is what pissed me off about Twitter, is that <laughs> everybody comes out of the woodwork. When, when Roe v, you know where I'm going. I know, I know. Everyone's coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Oh my God! We're gonna fight! Yeah. Oh my God! Motherfucker! All you gotta do is vote. Yeah. And if you voted, we wouldn't lose 
uh, uh, justice seats. Yes. If you just came out and fucking voted, mm-hmm. this wouldn't even be a fucking problem. Yeah. If you voted for fighting the midterms and you voted for everything for senators, we wouldn't have a problem. We'd win. We'd have everything we'd want. You're exactly now right. they're up in arms. It's already too late. Mm-hmm. That's the way we do it. I mean, we had the big pink hat march after Trump was inaugurated. So it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, I don't know if that pink hat march would have made any difference prior to the election. But still, we as a people have a tendency to wait. I mean, we do it all the time in our private lives. We wait until we get cancer, till we stop smoking. And I mean, yeah. thankfully, I didn't. I was a stupid idiot who smoked for a long time, but I quit. So that's good. Hopefully I didn't do the damage. And, you know, I, I guess I'll find out before I die. But um that's we do that too much and yes it's all about that's why i say there are elections every single year Uh, local elections are so incredibly important and okay so now let me ask you do you think that if roe is absolutely struck down do you think it will backfire on the republicans enough for a democratic that so that democrats can get a majority a bigger majority in the senate and then at least retain or build a bigger majority in the house how do you think this is going to go? Well, I mean, but this is the thing. I I think Republicans are smart enough not to make that decision before elections because hmm. they know it'll backfire on them. They need to uh, get Senate majority, right? Mm-hmm. Then they could strike try to down. strike down Roe v. Wade. Doing it beforehand would be shooting themselves. I mean, it'd be committing suicide. That's what I because think. But we've got this leak that it's going to happen, and it's either June or July. There's no way. No way. You don't think no it's going to happen? No, no, no way. I, 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 I there's smarter strategists. I agree. Than, our, yeah. Yeah, than you and me that know how to do this. Like lawyers, this is what yeah. they do yeah. for years. Is trying. I, I played chess since I was five years old. <laughs> And I love strategy. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and something we talk about in 2020, for me, the stronger uh, team would have been a, you either do a Bernie and a Castro or a Warren and a, a, Warren and a Castro. Yeah. That would have been the stronger ticket. Now, we, at the time, we didn't know we were going to have like record numbers in voting. Mm-hmm. But I think it was against Trump. It wouldn't matter who we put up. Hmm. We were going to win that election no matter what. But to galvanize the Latino vote, like it's a game of, it's, it's, you're playing chess, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You're trying to outmaneuver the guy. So these people know that if you're going to strike down Roe v. Wade for the midterms, you're it, it, the worst thing to do. Yeah. But let me ask you a question on this. Let's just say they decide not to do that, right? And yeah, I, this, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the answer to this question, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe you know. But would they be – I mean, once they've made a decision on it, once they've ruled on it, does that mean that that's it? I mean, obviously they could, they could bring it back no, for another but, reason. No, they go, they, they, uh, the, the, the Supreme Court wants to strike it down and let states decide. Right. That's, that's, that's what – so, you know – if you're in California, yeah. you're in New York, you're good. No, but I'm saying if they don't strike it down in July and yes. they want to wait until – now, this would be the Supreme Court working in tandem with uh, a Republican Senate, which would not surprise me in the least, but this is what we're talking about, and, and yes. them understanding that they have to wait until there's a Republican majority before they could do it. So what I'm saying is like this time, let's say in June or July they don't strike it down. They leave it as is. Right. They need um, a supermajority, right, to strike it down in the Senate. They need a supermajority. You know what? I don't. I didn't know. I, I was they, assuming they, they that they do. only needed for to... us to codify it. We need to have a supermajority, like sixty. But I think so, I was under the impression the Supreme it, Court could yeah, just right? get rid of it. If the Supreme Court has the power to just vote, yeah. vote it, strike it down, and they do this in July, do you think that will mean that a, a Democratic win? You know. <sighs> It should on paper. Yeah. But listen, Democrats are fucking lazy voters, man. They just assume, oh, no, it'll be reversed. Like, it's, people just don't, they're late. You, 
you know. I do. I do, but I'm going to come to defense of voters and... Only because you're taking this, I'm going to take the other side and say, we did show up in 2018 and we did show up in 2020. And we had the help of independents and we had the help of disgruntled Republicans. So there, there is that. Um, and yeah. you're right. It was Trump. It was Trump that motivated people to get out yes. to vote. But I think, excuse me, I think something like this um, could could also, I mean, Rachel Bittercoffer was on the show and she said the first time there was a spontaneous protest in Joe Biden's presidency was the day after the leak of Roe. So that was yeah. the, fr- I mean, I think we should have been out on the streets this whole time about white supremacy and all this horrible shit going on, racism, yeah. white, all of it. But you know what? I hate to say this, but there are racist liberals. Maybe they're not the yeah. same kinds of racist liberals. Of course they Yeah. But it's like the, the, the racism isn't as blatant and, and maybe these liberals will vote you know, yeah. for for legislation that's more fair, but their personal opinions. So it's just like I think that they don't necessarily see white supremacy as the threat that I see it as. And, you know, any anybody who's really paying attention because white supremacy, it's not like, oh, I'm white and I'm safe. It's, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It's like we all get fucked over. Um, and then it just turns into an oligarchy and it turns into a kleptocracy. And, you know, again, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. It matters how much power you have and how much money you have. And if you don't have either one of those, fuck you. Too bad for you. Goodbye, insurance. What if? What if now, this is this is like, right, like. So let's say Republicans know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 play devil's advocate here. Let's say they know what they're doing. And that release was done on purpose. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that release is done on purpose is to get us off the ball, mm-hmm. to get us distracted and talk about something that will not ever be reversed. Hmm. They, they, there's Republicans that don't want to reverse and they know that. Yeah. So, but by us getting distracted about that, maybe we don't focus on midterms as much. Maybe you, you see what I'm saying? Maybe well, I think it, what they could do maybe is, it does the opposite. Well, but of, what they could do also is leak it so we're all up in arms and we're all yeah. freaked out about it. And then they're like, yeah. oh, no, we're not going to do it. And then we all calm down and don't show up. Correct. I mean, there's there, like I said, there's people that have been doing this mm-hmm. for years but I've read like the art of war and every, every other strategy and you know things of how to win a battle without even breaking a sweat mm-hmm. you know what I mean and there's such nuance and like it's like 4D chess mm-hmm. that these guys are playing you know what I mean I mean we're thinking of you know when we think of Republicans we think of uh, like now we think of like Gates and and Bobert and they're they're the dumb ones. Yeah. There's Mitch McConnell. Right. He's the smart one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He knows how to say the right thing, push the right buttons. He knows when he needs to cross over, mm-hmm. cross the aisle, and make a deal. He understands. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of guys on both sides mm-hmm. that are like this. I just feel that Republicans play a dirtier game oh, better than do. us. Yeah. yeah, they do. They're very dirty. They're very cunning, very crafty. And, you know, I, I always say Democrats are imperfect, right? They are imperfect. Yeah. And we have a certain amount of corruption on our side. We have a certain amount of sexism on our side and all of that. But I think yeah. in a general sense, the legislation that comes from Democrats as a whole is usually coming from a place of love. And I, I don't mean love like hearts and, you know, teddy bear love. I just mean What's fair? What's good for the greater yeah. the greater good and all of that? And with you know, Democrats are Republicans don't even have a fucking platform. They don't put forth legislation unless it's to take something away from you. Democrats want yeah. to expand. And and again, it's not like oh, I'm just so blind and I love Democrats. It's not that. I've come across dirty Democrats. I've come across Democrats that don't give a shit. And it's up to us. It's up to the voters to keep them. Um, to do that, you know, to, to make them aware that we're watching you and we're going to fire you. And we don't do that. That's on us. I hear so much 
complaining from voters about our leaders, and it's it's warranted. It absolutely is. But at the same time, yeah. we this is a democracy, or at least it's supposed to be, which means we the people have a lot of power. And when we don't lose use our power and we just give it away. Uh, you know, this is what we, what we have is right now. And right now we have a fucking crisis because we're, we could very well lose American democracy because too many Americans are just not either paying attention. They're putting the responsibility on other people because it's real easy to go. My democratic leaders aren't doing a good job. Okay. Well, what are you doing? You're a fucking voter. And would you rather have a a democratic leader who's letting you down or a fascist dictator who will take rights away from you? I mean, that's the choices we have right now. And it doesn't mean that all Democrats are going to let you down. Yeah. Also, you know what I think it is, too, though? I think people are burnt out from the four years of Trump, Mm -hmm. from from like the riots, from the pandemic. Yeah. And then now they're like fucking Roe v. Wade. You got to be fucking shitting me. Yeah. Like and and I think people are are burnt. Now, mind you, if there's a DEFCON 5, Mm -hmm. well, Donald Trump was DEFCON 5. That was as DEFCON 5 as you're going to get. Yeah. I I, I thought. But. Other than Donald Trump, like, I, see, I just don't. My personal opinion, I, I think it's a ploy, and I really don't think Roe v. Wade will be struck down. Interesting. Well, I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that. And I'm sure that what you're saying is freaking out some of my listeners. So let's do something fun before no, we no, go. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I hope I'm right because my thing is, and the reason why I say that is because. Sub over seventy percent yeah, of I know. the country, yeah. and that means a lot of Republicans too. Mm-hmm. They do not want Roe v. Wade struck down. So, and 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 Republicans know this, and it will hurt them at the polls if they do, if they do go in that direction. But so see, that's, and that's what scares me if them. they don't do it. That, and I hope, I hope that Democratic voters or voters in general recognize that if they don't strike it down now, that they would be waiting until they have a Republican majority either way, just so that they can get all this shit done with no backlash and just keep removing rights. And I hope that voters recognize that because I, I don't want them to overturn Roe, but I recognize the opportunity if they do, because that will wake up a lot of people, a lot of people right now who are clueless. You know, I've talked about on the show before in the red states, there are all these, uh, you know, like Mississippi, specifically Mississippi and Texas had all these abortion clinics. And because of trap laws, once they had 45 abortion clinics, now they have one or zero. And unfortunately, yeah. be, just because of the way that it's a reported on or not reported on. Um, and then, you know, all, the red, the red state voters don't care. Um, yeah. It's a limited amount of people who really understand what's going on in their states. It's quiet. And so when, when it's quiet, we just we don't put the attention there. We don't have the outrage. There's a small group on Twitter who's screaming about it, but the rest of the country's not paying attention. Roe yeah. v. Wade being struck down would be a way to get the entire country to pay attention. And, and yeah, I, yeah. you know, as much as I don't want them to do it, I, I see that as like, mm, maybe if they do that, we're going to have this huge midterm, which the Democrats can come in and find a way to codify it with a larger majority. And that's what I'm hoping. But, yeah. you know, I just I don't know. I guess we're just going to and I, I, I see yeah. the logic of your side of it, too, because they are crafty and cunning. And I wouldn't put anything past them. We could never go, oh, they'll never do that. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Donald Trump became president. It's like anything. And see, see, that's what – I feel like I've been bashing Democrats this conversation, but but I'm not. No, I know. Obviously, like Republicans are fucking – their ideology is horrendous, right? And I would – I can never see myself voting Republican. But my point is this. You remember in Sicario, the movie Sicario, and the other film – you had uh, Benicio del Toro, mm-hmm. and he's talking to the lead girl, and it's the end. She's in the house, and she's like, "He's like, you're going to sign this paper, some confidentiality agreement about what really happened, about what didn't really happen." And so, and he takes out the gun, and he goes, "You're going to sign the paper." And she goes, "I can't, I can't," because she goes by the book. She's an idealist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like what's right. 
but you're playing by a different set of fucking rules. Yes. And Benicio knows this. Mm-hmm. And he gets you to sign the paper. And he goes, you are not a wolf. <laughs> and that, you need people like Benicio. Yeah. Because sometimes things are not on this on the same playing ground. Yeah. Some, like, cause, let me tell you something. Republicans don't play fair. No. Democrats always want to play fair. fair. Yeah. And, and, and the problem is, well, Kirk, what you're saying is, well, then we'll just be just as bad as them. No, no. Sometimes we need people on our side doing the dirty work. We have it in wars in every war mm-hmm. from World War One, World War Two, all the way down. There's people that we have on both sides that they just got to go to a place and we just don't talk about it, but they have to do it because it has to get done. And people want to ignore that. Yeah, We, we always ignore those people. Right, mm-hmm. but it is for a greater good that they're doing it. Yeah, you know what I mean, I mean, there's a lot of gray area in there because mm-hmm. things aren't just black and white, Kim. Right, you know what I mean. No, in in life, in general, nothing is black and white. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I totally, I totally, you know, and I'm, and right now, all I'm thinking of, you're one of the only people that I, I actually find it endearing when you call me Kim. <laughs> People call you Kim. I'm lazy. So, uh, no, and I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it from you. I honestly don't. And really, outside of Kimmy, I don't, I used to be Kim. And then I decided, I think I was like 18, I was like 19 years old. And I I went to work at the Magic Pan in Glendale, California. And I'm like, I'm going to start introducing myself as Kimberly now. And that's when it started. So um, it's been a while. But yeah, it's funny because most people from like the olden days, you know, my school days and family, they call me Kim. And, you know, people who have known me since whatever it was, 1989, they call me Kimberly. But it's just funny. It's like, I like it when you call me Kim, so I'm just saying. If anyone calls you Kimmy, you should just (laughs) beat them to death, okay? I usually do. (laughs) Okay, so. (laughs) All right. I'm going to take this into the Bernard Pivot questionnaire. Because we had some scary conversation and I, you know, I'm just talking about myself. I'm having a hard time coping these days and I like, I like to focus on the fun as much as I possibly can. So, um, it'll be really fun to hear your answers. And the deal with this is I know you're familiar with it. So it's the questionnaire for the end of inside the actor studio. And, and you're just supposed to first word that comes to your mind. Um, and, and don't have to think about it too hard. Okay. So we're going to start this. What is your favorite word? (laughs) <laughs> it's it's just unfair because it's really a phrase okay it's just unfair uh let's go with either, the phrase it's either, well it's either motherfucker or fucking bitch and i call everyone <laughs> and it's equal opportunity it's it, it's not a gender issue right, right. i call dogs people <laughs> Apparitions, <laughs> anyone. So it's either that motherfucker or fucking bitch. Okay, what's your least favorite word? Panties. <laughs> okay, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Watching talent. What turns you off? Ah. Uh, a lot of things. <laughs> uh, uh, what turns me off? Ignorance. Okay, here's one for you. What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it, it's 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 the same. It's, it's fucking bitch. It's <laughs> fucking you bitch. fucking bitch. You know, but like I said, people hear that word and they assume. No, no, it's. It, it, I no, I it. say it. You know what? I've been. I'm a Gen Xer. I say it, and I don't attach gender to it because everybody's a fucking bitch. <laughs> well, I got sh- I got shit on Twitter like like two years ago because I called someone a bitch and it happened to be a woman, and I didn't know they were a woman because normally if it's a woman, I won't do it. Right? Because people are gonna say you know, sexist, blah blah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, but you know, you can't tell. Right. They're, 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 yeah, they're, sometimes they're, you can't tell. Their avatar wasn't a woman, and the name I couldn't tell. So yeah. you're like, he called a woman, and I was like, oh, great. 
You stepped in it again, Kirk. All I right, stepped so, right in it. So what sound or noise do you love? Oh, uh, my kitty's purring. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love your kitties. Um, what noise or love do you hate? Noise that love hate? Uh, I have bad acid reflux. <laughs> this is a little too much information. Oh. So... I'm always going, uh, 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 oh, right. scraping my voice yeah. from the acid in my throat. Oh, that's fun. Okay, yeah. so what profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Oh, I wish. I wish I could either be a singer or an athlete. Hmm, not surprising. What profession would you not like to do? Sitting behind a desk. Yeah. Can't do it. Okay, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You fucked up, boy. <laughs> you you want to hear up, God not say that? You want to hear him say that or you think he's going to say that? Well, because he still let me in. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> like he, gives me, he gives me a look of, you know I shouldn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you fucked up. <laughs> But I'm gonna let you slide. You know what I mean? Oh, but you're you're a good person, and it's like I said at the beginning of this show. I mean, the, I think I know I'm not alone in how um, I feel about you, and I have the extra added benefit of knowing you a little bit more outside of Twitter, although we've never met. But you yeah. guys, I mean, you have your own tone. Kirsten, of course, is just the sweetest person in in the world. But yeah. the two of you, I think you really make, And I, again, I'm not just kissing your ass. I, I, I sincerely mean this because as somebody who's on Twitter all the fucking time and I get upset when I see things and, you know, I, I get so emotional. Yeah. When I see tweets coming down from the two of you, especially when you're having fun with each other, it just, it feels good. And I'm, I, I am looking for that feel good thing as much as I possibly can these days. And you guys always make me laugh. Pictures of Ripley, pictures of, and you call him Booby. Oh my God, he's so freaking cute. <laughs> I just oh, love yes. that. Uh, I love them. Booby. And you're the poor little doggy. How is your doggy doing? Because it lost a bit of his nose. He got his ass whoops. Oh, is he it's, doing it, okay? It looked though? horrible. I was like, holy cow, that looks <laughs> really bad. Oh, but he's okay, right? Yeah, he's fine. He's okay. got his nose like nipped. Poor little thing. But yeah, you guys do just you put out this energy on Twitter that is so needed. And so I'm so literally grateful for the both of you. And Chris, Kirsten is just the sweet, like, I, I don't even know how to say, I, I could say it a million times. She's so damn sweet. And I know you already know that. So <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm not telling you something you, so you don't know, but I mean it. And, and everybody loves you guys. You have a lot of love coming at you and I appreciate you. So I just want you to know that. And um, before I let you go, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, at Kirk Acevedo on Twitter oh, and Twitter. Kirk Acevedo on Instagram. <laughs> and that's, that's about it. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, of course, I'm author Kimberly on Twitter, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y, the extra E at the end of my name. My books are on Amazon. And if you enjoy this show, please go to Apple Podcasts and give me a rating because I could really use it. And Kirk, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me again, Kirk. All right, you take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.